The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. This episode contains foul language, mentions of murder, sexual assault, and suicide, and it smells like maple syrup. listening to keep it weird the podcast for all things strange and unusual quirky and quizzical disgusting and dark and all around absurd each week we have the pleasure of hanging out and chatting about something weird and this week is very special because not only are we traveling in our minds but we also have a very special guest this week we're heading to the land of wayne gretzky poutine and unlocked front doors the great white north america's hat It's time for another Hometown Haunts. So pack your mittens and your maple syrup and try to stay on the Mounties' good side because we're heading to Canada. My name is Ashley and this is my co-host Lauren. Hello, weirdos. A? No. I was put A. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a Canadian. You know, I did a thing. Um, And today... (laughs) We are joined by a hilarious comedian. You may have seen him on America's Got Talent or caught one of his appearances on my favorite talk show, Conan, Ontario's greatest export, Mr. DJ Dimmers. Whoa, Ontario's greatest export. The best thing we've gotten out of Ontario. Here's the thing. I'm really bad at knowing like who came from where. Right. I mean, greatest export out of Ontario, Avril Lavigne. I mean. Oh yeah, that's true. Love- you Ryan have some Gosling, competition. Justin Bieber. I mean, but I'll take it. Yeah. I'm not here right I'm now. I'm still going to put you no. at the top of that list. You're the top. And I just met you today. You're the tip top. <laughs> DJ, we met when I managed a comedy club called Flappers Comedy Club in mm-hmm. Burbank. This yeah. was five, four years ago. Five years ago. Wow, already? Was it that long ago? Yeah, I, I guess know. it was. Time isn't even it's not a real, thing. real anymore. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm from Canada originally. Been living in L.A. for five years now, so probably would have met you right around the time I moved here. Yeah. That adds up. Uh, yeah, married. Yes, you got married. Congratulations. Thank How you. How recently? Uh, it was like two and a half years ago. Oh, yeah, but you know the pandemic yeah. that accelerates we everything. We we've yeah. been married for about twenty seven years. <laughs> yeah, now, <for> sure. <laughs> so in pandemic years, but um, yeah, I mean, married stand up comedian Canadian. I think. Oh, I wear hearing aids too, which I guess is something about me. I'm a regular ass white dude with hearing aids. Yeah. <laughs> hearing aids. <laughs> that was actually it. one of my favorite jokes I ever heard you tell. Because I would I would always kind of pop in when you were on stage and when a couple people there was like four people that I was like if they're on stage I'll pop in and watch and one of my favorite jokes you told is actually about 
America's Got Talent and about how uh, like when you audition for them, you were like, uh, they were like, hearing aids, get over here. And you were like, I also do stand up comedy. And they were like, just bring the hearing aids. We'll figure the rest out later. <laughs> wow. That's like almost word for word how the joke goes. So really? thank you. Yeah. I'm yeah. Good sure memory. Um, and that is pretty accurate. That is how the whole process oh, on that's AGT what goes. I've, I've heard. And I've, well, yeah, you were witness to it. it. Yeah. I've watched a couple episodes. I kind of know how it goes. I mean, I get it. They're very good at tugging at the heartstrings. Hell yeah. So as much as I'm cynical about that stuff, sometimes they'll they'll do it in such a way where you're like, I know that's manufactured, but damn, that didn't move me a little (laughs) bit. I got the tears coming out my my eyes. eyes. Yeah, Yeah. they they make me cry every time. They know what they're doing. Yeah. So uh, just before we get into it, you wear hearing aids because... I needed comedy material. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Of course. Could, couldn't just be a regular ass a white shtick. dude in 2021. <laughs> I, I mean, stick. Come on. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah, I wear them. Uh, I've had them since I was four, so they don't know if I was born with it or if it, you know, I got a lot of ear infections when I was young, so it could have been from that. I actually just found out an ear, nose, and throat doctor came up to me after a show in Ventura Harbor two weeks ago, a retired ear, nose, throat doctor, and he asked me if I, I had a lot of ear infections when I was young. And I said, yeah. And he asked me how old I was. I said, I'm 35. And he said, do you know kids in, I think, the early 90s, 91, started getting an immunization against a germ that caused ear infection? Oh. So, like, Because I knew a lot of kids, not just me, who got a lot of ear infections. He said kids very rarely get ear infections anymore because of this immunization now so i'm like maybe if i would have been born like five years later maybe i wouldn't be hard of hearing but i don't know interesting but this guy was so funny he was so comfortable there was a jazz band playing after the show and he just came up to me i'd never met this guy he just watched me perform he goes must be hard for you to appreciate jazz i was like (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? Excuse me, sir? Maybe, hi, my name's <laughs> Joe or something. <laughs> also, I can hear first. the jazz. Yeah. It's happening. I think he was room. just trying to say there's like a lot of intricacies. Right, I mean, yeah. he's not really wrong. I'm sure I'm missing some stuff in jazz, but, but it's a pretty still. bold <laughs> open in line. To... Yeah, that's so forward. <laughs> that's Did true. you ever have to get, this is such a random question, did you ever have to get tubes in your ears when you were younger? Yep, I had that done like seven or eight times. Maybe like, yeah, yeah, probably like eight times a lot. They'd fall out and I'd get them again. Well, I and I thought of it because I was reading a story recently that a lot of adults are finding out that their tubes didn't fall out. And like ear, nose and throat doctors are digging out (gasps) tubes that have been in people's ears for like 20 plus years because the doctors say like, oh, they'll just fall out. But they, I guess, with certain ears, they don't. And they're like getting like huge buildups of wax and like crazy thing in their ears because of these tubes. So that freaked me out i don't think that happened to you but it freaked me out what uh what year were you born i can edit this out i'll just 86 i'll bleep it (laughs) i don't give a shit you're you're in entertainment i'll bleep out your age i really don't care i understand why some people in this industry do but i don't think i'm really skating by on my youth or anything i don't know (laughs) you're really banking on it yeah one more question and I, i think we've talked about this before like right now we're sitting how many feet apart? Four feet of four four feet of fart. <laughs> Leave it in. I had so much coffee today. We're sitting four feet apart. Can you hear me pretty clearly? Yeah, I can hear you. I told you guys before the show I got this little device from a hearing aid company I work with. Phonak, that's the name of the company. And uh it's like help I'm trying to see if this little mic will help me, like pick you up directionally. Mm-hmm. It is helping. But even without this mic, yeah, I mean, we're in a quiet living room. Yeah. I'd hear you fine. But if there was any sort of background noise, I would I would struggle a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
right. But uh, yeah, this is totally fine. But the pandemic, everybody had the mask on. Ooh, it's been I mean, rough. It's yeah. I, I mean, I have jokes about it now, obviously, but it's sure. like people have always asked me, like, how much can you hear and how much are you lip reading? And I was never able to do the math, but now that everybody's covered their mouth, I was finally able to run the numbers. And uh, turns out I'm lip reading 100% of the time. So <laughs> been brutal. It's no been brutal. kidding. Yeah. I mean, Joey, uh, my fiance, he is he has horrible hearing in general just because he listens to his music at full volume. He grew up in a very loud family. So, like, I'm a very quiet person, so we struggle all the time because he can never hear what I'm saying. Yeah. But also, he didn't realize how bad it was until the pandemic. And he was mm. like, I'm really struggling with just that tiny layer yeah. of... It changes it all. You yeah. don't realize how much you're looking at people's mouths and trying to... Yeah. I just saw this study that uh, got published on my Instagram that just having the mask on brings the average conversation... Uh, three to four decibels down. Oh wow! Like, that's how that much it softens it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, uh, that's not huge. insignificant. Oh, yeah. Dang. So yeah, it's rough out there if you're yeah. reading lips. <laughs> but even just like facial cues, like there's so much pressure on the eyes yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I like you smiling at people, browse. but you you don't actually like smile that big when you walk down the street. It's a little one. But now with the mask on, you have to make sure you're showing it in your eyes. You know, you really got to squint. <laughs> yeah, it's almost offensive, like doing a bad De Niro impression <laughs> of everybody. <laughs> I will really literally walk down the street and be like, <laughs> <laughs> "You do the full squint, like don't get it twisted." I don't am get it smiling. Twisted. I'm smiling at you, ma'am. <laughs> okay, so you when you moved to Los Angeles, did you move straight from? It's Kitchener, right? That's not where I moved from, but that's oh. my hometown. Yeah, hometown's Kitchener, and mm-hmm. then where'd you go? Toronto. I performed oh, okay. in Toronto okay. for seven years. That's oh, wow. where I started stand up. Nice. Yeah, and then you came straight to mm-hmm. sunny Los Angeles. <laughs> So LA, baby, Tinseltown. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss Toronto? Yes, <laughs> I do. I love it there. But comedy-wise, there's it's way, you know, like I get to perform at the, the Hollywood Improv or the Comedy yeah. Store or I travel around America. And so I've always wanted to be a comedian. So the idea of like living in Toronto again would feel like a step backward. Sure. But in, in terms of like a, a livable city, a, a beautiful city, amazing people, food, culture, all sorts of things. Toronto is a world-class city. I love okay. it. And I got family there. Obviously, my whole family's still back. So I miss it in that sense. But yeah. I don't necessarily want to live there anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's not conducive for what you want to do with right. your Well, life. it's a great comedy scene, too. Like, coming up there, I could do two or three shows a night, you know. But there's no, like, industry, film and television. So there's not even, like, a yeah. thing to move on to. It's like, right. oh, you got great at stand-up? Cool. Cool. Yeah. Keep doing that <laughs> Keep in the shadows that. and see what happens. <laughs> That's yeah. your whole life. In these seedy, yeah. sticky clubs. But it, right. but it is cool because you feel like nobody's paying attention. So people get weird. Like in, in, in L.A., a lot of sets can feel like a showcase set. So you're like, yeah. ooh, better bring my A material. And you're, you're afraid to do something weird or try out some funky new joke or idea. So I do think Toronto's conducive to creativity because you yeah. feel like nobody cares anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So that's cool. Having more of a comfort there of like, oh, I'm going to try some really bizarre stuff tonight. That yeah. would be nice. Yeah, exactly. I actually kind of felt that at Flappers. Because yeah. at the time that I was, I mean, I still perform there, but um, they used to manage me as well. The people who own Flappers managed me. And they mm-hmm. told me early on, you know, like, 
we know you're funny, so you can get weird here. <laughs> Try stuff out. Yeah. And that was huge moving from Canada to yeah. LA because getting up at the store or the improv, I was like scared, you know, I was like, I, I hope I'm funny. Yeah. So having a place in within LA in Burbank that I could just try new stuff was definitely you know liberating yeah that's one thing i will say about flappers they are very 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 great with blossoming comedians as well like the 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 guys who are just starting out like they they do provide spaces for them to experiment and and even um when i was there oh who was it um what's his name from curb your enthusiasm Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland had a, a, a residency. It was like every Monday, Jeff Garland would come and he would just bring a notebook and he would basically just do crowd work and tell stories. And it was amazing every Monday. I love that. You're yeah. saying like what people pick up, what they react to. That's so smart. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, he says by the way a lot. I can't do impressions, but yeah, he's, he's great. <laughs> And he makes fun of flappers every single time he's on that stage oh, yeah. um, because he thinks that the theme is stupid. <laughs> and I say no comment. So today <laughs> we are talking about Canada because that's where you're from. Mm-hmm. And Lauren is going to start us off and tell us about some of the most haunted places. Spooky places in Canada, which there are so many. It was really hard to whittle it down to a small list like Canada's got the haunts, guys. Yeah, I mean, we kind of um, it was we went back and forth for this episode. Sorry to interrupt. On whether we should do Ontario specific or Canada, Mm -hmm. and the fact that like Canada's population is basically like the population of California. Uh (laughs) It was like let's just do the whole country. Yeah, we're just gonna do it all. Uh, Which means you, yeah, you probably found quite the population of California within the space of Russia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the crazy part is how expansive it yeah. still is. Because no, you certainly wild. think there would be more people up there, but I guess know. what? There are not. Freezing cold. It's chilly up there. Um, yes, but I am going to start in Ontario because I just thought, you know, why not? Yeah, I'm gonna do love it. it. <laughs> you like it. I'm starting with, this was actually one that I had heard of but didn't like really know the lore or the story behind it, but it's called the Screaming Tunnel. Have you guys heard of the Screaming, Screaming Tunnel? Tunnel? Already a terrifying name for you mm-hmm. all, but I had heard this mentioned before, and maybe there actually might be one in America too, but it's located in the northwest corner of Niagara Falls in Ontario, in Canada. And the legend says that if you stand in the center of this tunnel, which runs underneath what was once like the Grand Trunk Railway lines back in the day, this was right underneath, and it wasn't part of the railroad, I guess just it like took drainage from something it wasn't it barely functioned i don't know how railroads i know (laughs) and it barely functioned it was built and then just kind of like hung out there for the rest of time but the lore is that if you stand in the center of this tunnel underneath the railroads and you light a match the match will go out it'll be blown out immediately and it won't be like oh the wind picked up it'll feel as if a little breath came in blew out your match and then you will hear a terrifying scream from a little girl why you ask? Well, let's get into it. <laughs> so there are a couple different stories, of course, as with any kind of legend, but all of them are really awful. So the legend begins with a young girl that met an unfortunate fate. That is always true across the board. And each one agrees that this little girl lived in a farmhouse on the south side of the tunnel. One night, her house either caught fire and she fled the building with her clothes on fire and reached the tunnel just as she was falling to the ground Jesus. and perishing. 
The other tale is that she was set on fire deliberately by her father in a drunken rage when she ran away from home. So they just keep getting worse. And then the third and final most awful one is that she was sexually assaulted in the tunnel and her abuser lit her on fire to hide the evidence. And that's how she died. But whatever the story is, this girl died a horrific, fiery death in this tunnel. And that is why you can hear her screams. And that's the whole fire element to it. So that is how legend has it. And there are a lot of skeptics. That's the worst. It's so bad. A lot of skeptics say that they think when people think they're hearing the scream when they're in the tunnel, because a lot of people say, guys, this is this is legit. I know it sounds absurd, but I hear a high pitched scream. Some skeptics think they're just hearing trains in the distance and Mm -hmm. like that high whistle and their Mm. brain is telling them that's what they're hearing. And also if a train. Amazon. It's one of Joey's birthday presents. (laughs) It's the girl. It's the little girl. girl. She's here from Ontario. (gasps) Don't get a match. Um, and then yeah with the match you can explain that away because a breeze could blow by and it would go out but i can barely light a match in this apartment no i feel like they go out when i'm just in my living room so i don't know how they would expect it to not blow out but this spooky ooky tunnel is made of rough cut stone it measures 16 feet high it's 125 feet long it's super dark and especially at night it basically just becomes a creepy black hole like you do not want to be there at night even if you don't believe in any of this you don't have to even go in and light your match like if you just look at it head on it just looks evil it looks sinister it's so creepy did you say it's underground or above ground it's above ground but it's under a railroad that's like elevated up on a hillside yeah that sounds creepy it's yeah it's just there are plenty of places in uh, in this world that is like this isn't haunted but i'm not going there at night exactly like i don't want to go in there whether or not it was this little girl i'm like somebody's been murdered in this tunnel (laughs) before i'm sure a few people (laughs) bad stuff happens there (laughs) someone's died here yeah just a dark like chilling it's not good but fun note there is one fun note in this horrible story you guys the screaming tunnel was used for filming of the movie the dead zone the 1983 (gasps) stephen king adaptation christopher walken had a scene where he was seeking um temporary refuge and i think he had to look at a dead body in the scene i don't know if that rings a bell to you at all Mm -hmm. it's pretty short but they're in it and it's creepy really yeah i'll have to rewatch it i've been wanting to rewatch it anyway because that's a good one well, there you go. Look out for the screaming tunnel. It sounds awful. I will never go. But that's and the what's worst it one. used for? To it's not used for anything. It's not used today. for anything. It just exists. It's just there. It's just there. It used to be used for some sort of drainage, and now it's just hanging mm. and being spooky. So that's that. <laughs> Moving on to Ottawa, the Ottawa Jail Hostel. Also, if we pronounce any places oh, gosh, incorrectly, yeah. will us. you call us out? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're doing good so far. Ottawa is the capital of Canada. So if you pronounce that one, I might uh, correct you, perhaps. As you should. Otherwise, eh, say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Niagara Falls. <laughs> Niagara. Yeah, I don't think everything's pretty easy to pronounce. But yeah, well, the other I'll, day I'll I you know. said to Joe, I said Toronto, and he was like, it's Toronto. Like, and I was don't like, say oh, the T, just Toronto. Sorry. Where's Joe from? He's from uh, New England. He's from Connecticut. Okay. Well, he's got a bit of that northern thing because it's just mm-hmm. Toronto to Canadians because that's just how we say it. But a lot of Americans say Toronto and it's Toronto. like, yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he went to Canada quite a he, he was a hockey player. Ah, so me too. So he's been there. Oh, really? We've talked about this. Have we? Yeah. we. I had to have brought it up to you because mm. Joe and I had 
basically just started we dating. We did. Yeah. I was looking at our Facebook messages right before I came over here, and uh, I went up to find your phone number, and the uh, previous message a few years ago was you telling me that you're a Bruins fan because he got you into them. Yeah. I became a Penguins fan because of my husband, who's from Pittsburgh. Ah, I'm a is... Penguins fan, even though I grew up in Canada because I loved Mario Lemieux and then saved uh, the kids so much. Of course. Much. Lemieux's the best. He is and the best. The greatest of all time. How do you feel about Sidney Crosby? I, mean, I love I love oh, Sidney Crosby. Do you not great. like him? No, I love him. Oh, I was okay. like, I was making a comment like Ashley's gonna slap us both if we keep talking about this. And she hates Sidney Crosby because really? I guess Bruins. Bruins and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it's it. real. But I I never thought I would care about hockey, and now I'm obsessed. And so it's made me appreciate Canada because that's where all the good ones are from. Yeah, that's true. All the good players. Okay, but moving on. Um, <laughs> the Ottawa Jail Hostel. It is a jail hostel. You'll understand okay. everything in a moment. But yes, that sounds <laughs> weird. It is a hostel operated by Hosteling International, and it's in the city of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And it was originally, oh, this is an interesting word that I had to Google. It used to be called the Carleton County, what I would have said, Gowl, and then I looked it up and it's jail. G-A-O-L? That's got to be a typo. I, I think maybe someone just didn't know how to spell because I was yeah. like gowl. And I when I looked up the pronunciation, it just said jail. I'm like, do, do people spell jail like Did that? Did you say J-A-O-L or G-A-O-L? Wow, I've never G-A-O-L. Okay, so that's not a thing. Maybe, yeah, I don't. And it's only written that way once and the rest of the time it says jail. So maybe it was just a mistake. I thought it was a Canada thing. Hmm. All right. Yeah. We no, did. it's a thing. <gasps> Is it? Yeah, it says, like, if you, uh, the Wikipedia for prison, it says prison, also known as a jail or a gowl, yeah. penitentiary detention center. So it is another word. Correction center, correctional facility. Yeah. But if you look it up on YouTube, it was pronounced jail. And I was like, that's what? Wow. Okay. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I've we, never hey, we're heard all that learning. before. We're learning together in this moment. It's not a weird Canadian thing. It's just a weird. <laughs> it's just a that thing. sounds like almost Gaelic thing. or something. Right. But yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it says it must just be old Irish. There you go. There you go. And it, I mean, yeah, it was a Mystery while ago. Mystery solved. Thank Episode you, Episode over. <laughs> the end. <laughs> So it was originally the Carlton County Jail, more commonly known as the Nicholas Street Jail or Ottawa Jail. And then when it closed in 1972, this hostel company bought it and decided to convert the building, keeping the structure intact and just making it what they say, quote unquote, is fun. Like, mm. it'll be like you're staying in a jail. Won't that be great? Yeah. Which, so quirky. Yeah, so You're quirky. telling me a man wasted away in this room for 50 years? <laughs> That's so cool. The energy is super chill up. in here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's not my cup of tea, but people enjoy it and they stay there. So they kept it intact. They had to update a few things here and there, but like the death row area is still very much intact. They tried to keep it in its original form, which just feels so dark and wrong. Um, They do daily tours and yes, they let people stay in it as if it's a hostel. So for over a century... This place was used as a jail and it was uh, connected to the courthouse by a tunnel. And so they would, you know, take somebody to court to get their sentence and then they would immediately be brought over to this jail to be hanged. So it has some dark energy over there because a lot of people have died. There was the hanging of a man named Patrick Whalen in 1869. He assassinated a politician. So he was pretty well known. Over 5,000 people witnessed Whalen's hanging, which is crazy for how many people lived in Ottawa at the time and like showed up for that. We were already talking about the population in general. What yeah. year was that? 1869. That was just like what they did on the weekend. <laughs> it, I mean, it's true. It was a social event. They it literally really were like, wait, who's getting hanged? I think Canada was only a country for two years at that point. 
Pretty sure oh. Canada was formed in 1867. I might be wrong. If any Canadian listeners are mad, you can. We're just gonna. Me. We're not even gonna Google it right now. We're accepting that. Yeah, we're <laughs> accepting that as truth. So that was a big deal, and a couple of other people were hanged there as well. Pretty well known people, and then at the final hanging of a man named Eugene Lament or Larment, he killed an Ottawa police detective and was hanged. And then the jail was closed shortly after that, um, and it just became this outdated facility. Again, they had to do a lot of updates, but they still have the original gallows, which, again, just a really fun time to go stay and enjoy. Go I check wonder out if gallows and gallows or jail are, are similar. Uh, yeah. Making connections, guys. <laughs> Didn't even think of that. That's probably true. They're fully functional, so go enjoy the gallows, everybody. Just head what do you on mean over fully to the functional? It says fully functional and perfectly intact. So I think they could they could cut some things. There has to be a lock on them. They wouldn't just let people like get drunk and go oh, cut gal- their heads off. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, or what are gallows? It's are not gallows? the thing I that chops gal- your head off. It's the thing no. where you put your hands in it and your head and you like hang, isn't it? Oh, that's what a gallow is, isn't it? I thought that I thought the gallow is where you actually got hung. I actually just looked up gallow while you were talking about jail gallow or whatever. <laughs> so I have the definition. A structure typically of two uprights and a cross piece for the hanging of criminals. So uh-huh. I, I think it's so it's where the, you hang people. Yeah. Yeah. What is that thing called? Yeah. What's the thing where your head guillotine and arms are in? is guillotine when your head gets is what cut I was mixing off. Guillotine. Guillotine. That's when your head gets oh, chopped. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, what's like a the basket? Thing where they would just like make you sit in the middle of town with your arms and head in it, just to like embarrass you. I mean, because when you say a fully functional gallow, I'm like, do who is there a uses rope? it? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what do you There's mean by fully rope? functional? That is just that's like yeah, how I, they well, advertise. They're like, hey, we still have our gallows. I'm sure if anyone wants them. Maybe it's just please. like the platform, the tower. You can just like go up and look around. I assume that's sure. what it's all about. But they tried to keep you know as much intact as they could without it like completely crumbling and falling apart. So it's known for having like very dark energy around it, as we mentioned earlier. That is no surprise to anybody. Like you walk in there and it just feels dark because of all the death that happened there. But not even just the hangings. Apparently, they just treated everyone awful, like very inhumane practices for all of the people imprisoned there. Like up to 150 prisoners consisting of men, women and children would be forced to share really tiny cells. Damn, Canada. They were all packed into like 150 people were packed into 50 really tiny cells, just like shoulder to shoulder really didn't get to bathe very often, didn't get to eat a lot of food, were, you know, slapped around. It was it was horrible. So they were not treated well. It was dirty, unsanitary. So just with that combined with all of the hangings that happened there, it just feels like you can't restore that place to anything good. It would just be so dark to be there. So you're either going to go and just feel a feeling of dread or you may see one of the executed inmates there. People claim that they see Waylon, that man who assassinated a politician apparently he'll just stand at the end of your bed and stare at you in the middle of the night so it's chill (laughs) it's really nice it's one of my favorite ghost activities (laughs) i love when (laughs) When you wake up and they're just staring at you (laughs) so yeah i feel like the only thing you can really do at this place is tear it down and build something else or make it a haunted hostel situation make it like a haunted house attraction that you just walk through like why do you need to sleep there that just feels isn't it crazy that any place you go to you have no idea what's happened like you can look up historical records but Mm -hmm. 
I bet you 90% of the people who stay in this hostel have no idea. Or, I don't know. Maybe they, they build maybe, it as such. Yeah. But, but like I remember in Montreal, like 10 years ago, there was this couple that was sitting on the patio of a restaurant and then the like cement part underneath a window. I don't even know what it's called. The awning or something. Uh, on Lentil. The bi- what? Say? Lentil. Is that what it's called? Aren't lentils yes. like Len- beans? beans? <laughs> like the windowsill <laughs> yeah, but the outside. Yeah. It just broke um, off of this building in Montreal, fell and crushed the girl to death uh, on the patio. No. And and like I think the or her boyfriend, they were out celebrating her 30th birthday or something. The boyfriend even like lost a couple fingers or something because <gasps> it like took a couple. They were holding hand, killed her. And no. But the reason I think about this all the time is because. The restaurant, after they, like, cleared her body away and everything, the restaurant was open for business again, like, five hours later. Yeah. How? So, it's a quick little cleanup. Maybe it was the next up. day, but I think it was that same day. But So, you're sitting there and you don't know a woman just died here yesterday or five right, days yeah. ago. But that's the world. You have no idea mm-hmm. what any place you've been, who's died here, what mm-hmm. bad energy there is. It's kind so of crazy. Um, like, not all of them say, we used to be a jail. Like, you right. could yeah. be in a place that used to be a terrible thing, and you have no idea. Yeah. You just walk you, in and wonder why you're feeling dread. We're like, what happened? You think you'll always feel something bad if you're in a place where bad stuff happened? I think certain people will. And when I say certain people, I mean Ashley, because she has a sensitivity yeah. to those things. I don't always feel the things she feels when we have done our little investigations and go places, but... I feel like people who have a sensitivity like Ashley, if something truly bad happened, I think you'd pick up on it. Yeah, because I've been places where people have said, like, it's so heavy there. And I've walked in and been like, I don't know, maybe they left. Like, it doesn't feel heavy to me. And then I've been certain places where I can't even be in the like the fucking uh, Pantages. I knew that's what I can't go to the Pantages. I've been to two shows at the Pantages. I had to leave both shows at intermission, even though I really wanted to see them uh, because I couldn't breathe. Really? Yeah, I couldn't. Do you know what happened there? We did. We did an episode. I don't remember the exact things, but like, um, that's kind of where what's his name from the Aviator? Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes went kind of cuckoo bananas in the Pantages. He had like an office up there, and that's kind of where he he shut himself in and lost his marbles. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I'm sure there's other things, though, that just weren't public news. Kind of like you said, mm-hmm. like maybe horrible things did happen there, but they just go, it's just the Pantages. Come yeah, to the Vita. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Come see Book of Mormon. And yeah. it was just You guys like- are both hockey fans. The, the Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, which was an iconic, one of the original six arenas, they found out like near the end, they ended up turning it into turning it into a grocery store and built a new arena for the Maple Leafs. But there was horrible child abuse going on in that oh. place. Oh, really? For years. Yeah, like wow. years upon years. And uh, I wonder if you... I've never shopped in the grocery store there, but I wonder if you just you pick up buying your avocados or whatever. Yeah, and you're like, and you're like what the hell what's, happened in Why here? do I feel... I'm like what's sweating. It's like cold breeze. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, because that's always been my belief about like, um, you know, so many prisons and uh, asylums are haunted. And I I don't even think it necessarily has to do with the amount of death that's happened there. I think it has to do with like the amount of bad shit that happened to living people there. And that energy is just sort of bouncing around in there and doesn't have anywhere to go. Totally. That's why I I thought it was important to bring up like that prisoners were abused on top of the men who were hanged because it's like a lot of bad stuff was happening there it's not just the execution so i think that place just has a 
darkness. I will probably skip that stop on my Canada tour. <laughs> I'll pull into the parking lot. <laughs> I'll, yeah, maybe I'll sit outside. Yeah, so far, I don't really want to do the tunnel or the hostel, but these hotels that I'm about to bring up, and these are a little shorter. I know I've been going on and on, but there's two hotels that seem really cool. There's the Fort Gary Hotel in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Everything's still correct? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Winnipeg. <laughs> I yeah, I know Winnipeg well. Don't go to Winnipeg in the winter. You guys were saying Canada's cold. Toronto's not that bad in the winter. My hometown's not that bad. Winnipeg, bad. it is the stereotype of what you think Canadian yep. winter is like. Like negative temperatures. Like, oh, yeah. Like way negative temperatures. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Very, very my, negative uh, in every sense of the word. Yeah. yeah. My story today takes place in Manitoba. And when I told oh, yeah. Joe about it, he was like, yeah, Manitoba is like directly north of North Dakota. Mm -hmm. And he was basically like, so if you think North Dakota is too warm, move to Manitoba because yeah. that's how fucking cold it is there. I do and then Winnipeg think is it's, north. And then Winnipeg Manitoba. is even further. Even yeah. further up. Um, so the Fort Gary Hotel opened for the first time on December 11th, 1913. It is one of Canada's Grand Railway Hotels. The two hotels that I'm talking about both were built for the reason of travelers coming through town on the trains. They wanted to have these big, grand places for them to stay, so they'd be like, Canada's the best. And it became a national historic site in 1981. So it's located on Broadway between Fort and Gary Streets. It's a prime location, a luxury hotel for the railway travelers. And it was the first commercial building to be erected on Broadway and the only hotel to be built there. So everybody loved it. Um, it housed many famous people in its heyday. There was Liberace. There was Louis Armstrong. Gordy Howe. Hey. Mr. Hockey himself. Exactly. Mr. And even King George and Queen Elizabeth, who stayed there during their 1939 visit to Canada, which I thought was fun. So royals, celebs, they were all there. Um, a lot of people came through, and this hotel just saw a lot of life, probably a lot of drama. Again, probably left some interesting energy there with all the things that could have happened. But... The folklore is that there is a very haunted room, number 202, because a woman committed suicide in this room many years ago after learning of the death of her husband in a carriage accident. He had gone out to get her some medicine and was hit and run over by a horse-drawn carriage. And when she learned of the accident, she committed suicide in the hotel room. And she hanged herself in the closet. Yes. So that room is supposedly very, very haunted, of course. Not a surprise, but there is another legend as well. There is apparently a couple of regular hotel guests that demand to stay in a specific room every time they come because they see a lady in a white ball gown. And she's like their buddy now at this point. And they come back repeatedly to see their gal. And the hotel has found proof that there was a Lady McMillan dressed in a white-laced beaded gown who stayed in the room that they request. I couldn't find the number of it, but whatever room it is, um, December 10th, 1913, the night of the grand opening, and did pass away shortly after. So they think that's who they're seeing, which is kind of fun. She hangs out. Do you think she's there just because she's like, this place is dope? Because she just yeah. loved it. She was yeah. like, did you see my gown? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone notice my gown? Make a little noise for the outfit, everybody. It's a good way to get bang for your buck when you spend a lot I'm on saying. a gown. Yeah. Wear it forever. Wear it for all spend time. eternity in this white gown. <laughs> yeah, so she seems like she's kind of nice. Uh, room 202 sounds like it's a bit more sinister. Yeah. Um, people who have stayed in the room... 
Uh, Some have felt absolutely nothing and say it's all a lie. But for the most part, people say they do feel things in the bed in the night. The bed has lifted off the ground and slammed back down. Okay. That's the most extreme. And then other people say it just felt like someone was getting into bed next to them. Like they felt, you know, the weighted down sensation that somebody was getting in. I know. Um, but one of the coolest stories of people visiting is obviously some people could be total liars. We never know. But this there was a woman uh, named Brenda Chamberlain. She was a member of parliament. And back in 2000, she stayed in room 202 because she just didn't know anything about it and was like, ghosts aren't real. I'm just trying to get a hotel room. And she could not even make it more than a few hours. She had to switch rooms in the middle of the night because she said someone was jumping on the end of her bed. And she is like a self-proclaimed skeptic, like does not buy into that. And she was like, someone's in my room. And she had to switch. So I did enjoy that I story. I love haunted places. I'm so fascinated by paranormal activity. And I would even be like, hello, room service. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, gotta I gotta go. go. I don't want to do this. No. If you're trying to get a good night's sleep, you don't want an invisible entity yeah. jumping on your bed. Yeah, I don't believe in any of that. But, you know, I don't know how in tune I am with energy because I say I don't believe in that. But I've been in hotel rooms in older hotels where you're like, something's wrong here. Something's something bad. feels yeah, off. Yeah, I don't know if it's in my head, but something something's not right here. Yeah. And I get super paranoid because I take my hearing aids out when I sleep. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, so I'm like, what if there have been like... 20 ghosts in my life who have been trying <laughs> to communicate with me and they're like this guy won't fucking wake up man <laughs> i've know? tried everything <laughs> yeah i tried the crying in the corner <laughs> yeah. i tried the like whispering as i stare at him at the end of the bed yeah nothing. the wailing lady they, hanging in the closet nothing they just think i'm fearless they don't <laughs> right. know i'm deaf man this guy's a warrior <laughs> that's so good <laughs> <laughs> There is another hotel that kind of has a very similar history. It's the Banff, Banff, right? It's just B-A-N-F-F. That's Banff. Yeah. (laughs) Banff Springs Hotel. It just feels wrong coming out of my mouth. Banff Springs Hotel in Banff, Alberta. I know this hotel. That's haunted? (gasps) Yes. Did you look at a picture of it when you... It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's It's so beautiful. It's the prettiest hotel I've ever seen in my life. It's Yeah, and Banff in general. Look up a picture of Banff if anybody's listening and doesn't know it. Banff is like one of the most beautiful places on earth yeah it's, really it's insanely gorgeous all the lake water comes down from the glaciers up north lake Ooh. louise look up google gate google gate google lake <laughs> louise and have your mind blown Bamf. wow Bamf. i i've heard it's beautiful but i haven't looked at pictures of just Banff in general but this hotel i could not stop looking at pictures of it it's so gorgeous yeah it's called the Castle of the Rockies because it looks like a castle just surrounded by mountains and nature and it's stunning and it's perfect. The most beautiful scenery. So it was built for the same reason as the hotel that I mentioned previously for, you know, people who were coming through town on the railway. They wanted to have a nice luxury hotel. And boy, was this one luxurious. It was modeled after a Scottish castle with the towers, the stone walls, the whole shebang. Um, There is another haunted room, room 873. It was reportedly the scene of a tragic murder of an entire family. Uh, And it was such a... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Ashley's commentary. (laughs) (laughs) Its door has since been bricked up and made to look like the rest of the wall because the room was so gruesome they did not even want to like take part in cleaning it up and fixing it up. It just is bricked off for the rest of time. And guests have reported seeing apparitions outside this room, possibly members of the family who were murdered or the murderer himself. We'll never know. Was the murder solved? No. 
I have no idea who it was. But I just wonder, like, maybe he came back and is, like, yeah. guarding the door. I don't uh, know. I know. Okay. I hate it all. The Burning Bride is another um, rumor at this hotel. Stories suggest that a woman dressed in her wedding gown lost her life on the staircase when she slipped and fell. There were candles on the stairway as well. So when she slipped and fell down the stairs on top of breaking some bones, her dress caught fire and she burned to death in her wedding gown. So people apparently see a charred bride dancing in the ballroom of this hotel. That is the that story. is some like shining shit. It is. Yeah. What I'm hearing is never wear a gown. Right? Yeah. 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 Keep it casual. Keep it casual. Don't wear mess around with the gown. Wear some jorts. Jorts. <laughs> Even on your wedding day. <laughs> on your wedding yeah. day. Jorts, sandals, maybe some sneakers actually would be the least dangerous hmm. of all. And, oh, there, the last one is there is a bellman, perhaps the most popular of all the ghosts at the Banff Springs Hotel. His name was Sam McCauley. He was a bellman at the hotel in the 60s and 70s. And there's not a lot known about exactly how he died, but it is just known that the ghost that is seen walking around the hotel looks exactly like this man. If you see a photo of him, people will say, that's who I saw. He was oh, on the okay. stairs. He was in the kitchen. He was here. Like, it, it is his face. They don't know how he died, where exactly it happened, if it was even in the hotel. But he seems to be in his 1960s bellman uniform, helping guests get into locked rooms or turn on the lights. He's kind of just all over. You could see him on any floor, but most commonly he's seen on the ninth floor. So I kind of want to go to this hotel and see if I can find yeah, Sam. Yeah, no kidding. I think it sounds um, so fun. Yeah, th- I mean, Sam seems pretty chill. I like <laughs> it when ghosts haunt a place because they liked that place right. and not because they were set on fire on their wedding night. I know. You want the happier <laughs> like, tales? Yes. Yeah. I like the ones that are just like, I'm just here. Like, this I'm just is where I like to be. Yeah, like the lady in the beaded gown who's yeah, like, who's I just, just am showing here. off her dress. She's probably like doing a shimmy. Yeah, yeah, those are much better. Or like, you sure. know, whatever ghosts do. I don't really understand. So you guys, you both believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Do. Because like, what's the point of hanging out if you got no beef? Like, what's a ghost do? <laughs> you got no beef. That's, you know what I mean? Like, if you're just a ghost hanging out, like, why is that person not moving on? Well, uh, the personal belief uh, wise, it mostly because like, you know, a lot of people imagine that when you die and if there is something afterwards that you go to a place when really it's probably more likely that you are just a different form of energy here yeah so it's not necessarily that they're like hanging around it's just that like we are constantly surrounded by that other dimension or plane or whatever it is and just like some people have better eyesight better hearing better whatever some people have the ability including animals that's why animals are constantly reacting to things that we're like what are you doing yeah is there a power line like what's happening um because some people just have the ability to see them like what is it there's some shrimp in the ocean that can see like has a sensitivity that can sees ghosts all the time and he wrote into the discovery channel (laughs) no he um the shrimp can see like 28 spectrums of light and humans can see like seven like a not lot even <laughs> yeah so just the fact that there are literal colors that we have no idea exist or can see like um infrared for example mm-hmm. it's a real thing we know but we can't see it with our own eyes mm-hmm. so there could be things there could be like a dragon in this room right now that's a different spectrum of light and we just can't physically see 
that yeah. thing. I feel him behind me, but I can't see him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know he's there. I smell the smoky breath, but I can't see him. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the only reason that I believe is because I've seen so many of them. Yeah. I wouldn't believe you have ghosts. Such a I don't see ghosts. So many ghosts. Really? I mean, like five, but that's enough to be like, check they that. They take like a human form when you see them? Mm-hmm. Would it? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's shadows. Sometimes it's full, complete people, head to toe people. Um, sometimes yeah. it's just a face hovering. That's my least favorite. No You've seen you. just a face hovering. Where? And in the backseat of a car. It was my aunt. I was. Uh, I told the story early mm-hmm. on an episode um, in season one. It was like my first paranormal experience. My aunt had passed away of cancer when I was three, and my sister was just born. And this was at some point later. This was years later. I was. We were going to Florida from Illinois, and I was like laying in the back seat of um, my parents' car, just like in and out of sleep. And at one point, I opened my eyes, and my aunt's face was just in front of me. It was just her face, and she looked like she did before she died. So she was like very withered, and she was. I was laying on my side, and she was like on her side too. Like her face was right in front of me, and she was. Um, she looked very excited. Like, she couldn't believe that I could see her, and she was talking, but no sound was coming out. So it was just like, and I was like, what is happening? And I just sort of, she just slowly faded away. And I always kind of thought maybe it was a dream until I told the story on an episode, and my sister called me, like, hysterical because she saw her that day, too, and never said anything. In the backseat In the backseat of the car. And they just had never spoken about it before, but they lost their. And minds. she was like, "I that's the only time I've ever seen Aunt Donna." <laughs> I know, yeah. right? I know. And, it gave me goosebumps uh, too, and I've heard it. And like nothing happened on that trip because I was like, "Did we get in a car accident?" Right. Or like what? No, yeah. it was just she was just visiting. randomly in a moving vehicle, floated in front of my face. And I feel like Jamie, Ashley's sister, is me, and my sister, Julia, is Ashley. We have very similar situations where I think Jamie has only had, like, one or two experiences, and I would say I'm the same. I have, like, a couple of things I can't explain that make me believe, but I mostly believe because of my sister and all of the things that she has happened to her, and then meeting Ashley later in life, becoming her friend, and all the things that happened to her. I'm like, something's going on. I don't exactly know what but there is something beyond us that is visiting. Even Joe, who is Mr. Skeptic, skeptic, does not believe in that shit at all. Like, kind of, even when we first started dating, was like, just don't talk to me about ghosts because I don't believe in it. And it was mm-hmm. like, deal, like that, that works for me. We have a couple things in this apartment even that have happened. And when he was moving in, he said to me, he was like, I'm not going to start seeing ghosts and shit. And I was like, that's not how it works. I, I believe you're like born with the ability or not. Like, I don't, he's now seen He's had three different experiences, and he now is a full believer. Poor Joe. I know. <laughs> and I was ready. like, I am so sorry. I so, really, truly believed. What is that? Like, you opened up a portal for him to see? Like, how, how's that contagion kind of I don't know. I that have no idea. Like, and I wonder if it is because like, after he did have that first experience, he, op- he like, talked to me about it. He was like, I don't right. like it. What can I do to not? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know shit about this. Like, I just know that sometimes they see him. Like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not an expert. I have no idea. So I talked to a friend who's like a medium and she told us what to do, but I didn't want to. She, this medium told me whatever's here is an older gentleman and he cares very much so for Joe and me. 
And I don't know if it's my grandfather, his grandfather, or just a random person, but I didn't really want to like send him away because if he cares about us, then, and he doesn't do anything bad. It's just sometimes creepy shit happens. Mm -hmm. And right. I don't mind it. Joe fucking hates it. (laughs) Joe hates it. Wow, he takes care of us. And he just likes to watch us have sex every yeah, once every in a while. Once in a while. He sits at the end of the bed. It's yeah, fun. we see him in the reflections of the mirror. And... <laughs> oh, have so you seen funny. an old man? I've never seen an old man. Mm. No. Okay. No. You've probably like felt his presence in ways that you didn't know was him, but it was mm-hmm. cool that Amy, the medium, like saw that. Yeah. Just randomly, like Werther's originals around the <laughs> right. apartment. I do and... keep a lot of Werther's here, and maybe that's what brought him in. That's what maybe he was like. Him. That's my kind of girl. <laughs> she likes Werther's. her her caramel candies. That's so good. <laughs> Werther's. Um, oh, they are great. Person candy. Let's move on to oh, yeah. some weird stuff about Canada. DJ's going to entertain us with a couple strange. Yeah, you know, they're weird things that you don't think are weird when you grow up in Canada. Yeah. But then you move here and you're like, oh, you guys don't do that? (laughs) Like we drank, this is kind of well known, I guess, but we drank our milk out of a bag. Still fascinates me every time I hear it. I didn't know that until I sent you like the, you know, like talk about weird things about Canada, like milk bags. Yeah, that was like number one on it. it, And I was like, that's not weird. And then I was like, I guess I haven't had a bag of milk since I moved to America. A bag of milk. So what does the bag look like? Like it it has to be pretty sturdy. No, it's not sturdy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a Ziploc usually. You you put it in a container. So you put the milk uh, bag in a, it's like a rectangle about a foot tall and maybe five inches wide. And then the corners, it comes to corners. So it's like rounded. It's almost cylindrical, but then it comes to corners. Okay. And then you cut off the top corner and you put it in. There's like milk. There's containers made for milk bags. Uh Fledgling industry in Canada. (laughs) If you can get in on that milk bag container, you're golden. Uh, And then, you know, you can cut it off with scissors, but sometimes there's even milk bag cutters that people have as magnets on the fridge. You grab the milk bag cutter off the fridge, cut that corner off. Put the magnet back up there. She's making me nostalgic for my Canadian childhood. But <laughs> I was going to say, you're just grinning ear to ear over yeah. there. <laughs> I love it. And then, yeah, you just pour your... And it's like, it's pretty sturdy when it comes out. You can okay. cut it in a weird way where it comes out kind of... But if you get a good solid cut on it, it comes out. It so feels satisfying to pour milk out of a bag. You're not just ever holding a bag. It goes into a container. Maybe some people don't have the container, but yeah, my experience was you did it in a civilized manner. When, <laughs> uh, you had a container for it. That makes sense. Yeah. I wonder why. I know. Yeah, I Does wonder it, what the origin is on that. Do you know if milks? Do you remember if like milk stayed fresher longer? I don't know. Yeah. And I also used to see like we watched a lot of American film and TV, and I would see like missing kids on the side of a milk carton and i'd be like damn man we don't give the missing kids any attention here like, <laughs> i don't know how we get that on the side of the bag right. you know we can't put it on the bag put it on the side That's of the bag amazing. you should put it on the inside of the bag so you have to drink like half or more to see oh i guess i should clarify face. it's transparent the bag the bag is transparent yeah you're seeing oh, the white you milk just see in the there. milk yeah Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a mine is blown over. Yeah, it's pretty. Milk it's pretty bag. like delicious looking to see a bag of milk. I don't doubt that. 
Milk looks like creamy so it, and nice. it's always bad. Like when you go to the grocery store, your milk comes in a bag. There's no carton option. I'm sure there is a carton yeah. option. There wasn't. I mean, I don't. We never got it when I was a kid. Maybe there was, and it was more expensive. You know, it's got me wondering now because I don't drink milk or eat animal products or anything. I'm wondering, like, would if I wanted to get oat milk, would it come in? Are there in bags bag. of oat milk now? Ooh. Or because That's a good I, I doubt it. I feel like they probably. I bet you Canada's moving away from the bag. If I had to guess, a sad. lot of people so are moving sad. away from the bag. Yep. Uh, and it's probably plastic. Yeah, exactly. Trying to be progressive. It, it, yeah. Yeah. The, the cartons are the most natural. I, I guess think so because right? they the started putting right? water. Like yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here awful with my plastic water bottle. They're starting to put water in cartons now, so I do think it's the best option. Yeah. Yeah. The, the plastic bag's got to be gone in Canada. That that oh, big which is sad though. Plastic it was patch the in the Pacific Ocean is probably all just Canadian <laughs> milk Canadian bags. milk bags. <laughs> <laughs> all the milk bags. <laughs> Uh, another thing that was on this list that made me go, that's not weird. And then I realized, oh, I guess it is pretty weird is um, this list was really funny. Actually, the number nine thing that's weird about Canada is immigration is welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Technically, very strange. We've, many Americans welcome immigrants. Many Canadians don't welcome immigrants. So it's, it's a pretty blanket statement to be yeah. making. Canadian healthcare, yada yada. I mean, yes, it's awesome, but it's it's harped oh. on too much. Yeah, the healthcare system here in America is a little backwards, it's but trash. a little horrible. Oh, we say washroom, like bathroom, restroom. Washroom. We say washroom. Oh. You know, I said I had to change a few things when I came down here to make sure I wasn't showing the Canadian side Where's of me. The like yeah. when you're doing stand up and you want to make sure you're like appealing to people, you don't want them to be distracted by a word choice. So I changed washroom to bathroom in my mind. And instead of saying A, I started saying, huh. Oh. So I'm like, oh, pretty awesome weather out there, huh? But it doesn't, <laughs> I, miss, I do miss saying A. A's huh so sounds like cooler. too like huh yeah uh-huh. huh yeah. like so American sounds like from where we're from huh? yep huh? <laughs> Illinois yep. A is so much better oh this one I this one's huge Canada's money is colorful like every oh. like our five dollar bill is blue the oh. twenty is green so like I'll you know I got a, a bunch of bills in my wallet not a bunch of bills maybe like two <laughs> DJ's got a lot of money in his wallet five grand cash money. <laughs> Just in case you got to solve some problems. But uh, yeah, they all look too similar here in America. They They feel too similar. And when they came out with the, I think it was the new $50 bill when I was maybe 13 or 14, there was a rumor that it smelled like maple syrup. And I I think it does. I remember being like, oh, that's probably an urban legend, but I'm pretty sure the 50 does smell like maple syrup. Really? I really want to believe uh, that's, that's the most true. Canadian thing I've ever heard in my true. entire life. I know. But look, I'll show you a picture. Doesn't that, don't you just, can't you just see yourself sorting that yeah. money out? Like American money, you're like, what is, is this a one or is this a 20? I know. It's also just nice to like be able to. The colors are better. Look in your purse or lurk, 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 lurk. In your wallet, look in your wallet and just be like, ah. I know what this is. Yeah. Let me I'm grab grabbing it. this bill. And they do, they look to, pretty. It's more satisfying. Yeah, they are pretty. And Cute. I went to school from kindergarten to eighth grade and then went to high school from nine to 12. But I feel like you guys have middle schools where you go to a different school for like seven and eight or six, Yeah, seven. some people do. I mean, I, I went to a Lutheran school. Mm. That worked out. 
like <laughs> heavily like you were like yeah mm, okay i went I to mean, catholic so i, I did too yeah. i went to catholic lutheran what different between that and catholic like not it's like it's basically the catholic form of christianity but like that's when martin luther broke yeah, off right? yeah the basically Reformation. he was like the catholic church has you know i don't like the damnation stuff that yeah. you guys preach so he went off and made a more like nice catholicism basically but we also had to do the um confirmation and everything oh yeah do you have a confirmation name i didn't get a name no catholic <gasps> did you oh yeah yes what's your name <laughs> maximilian Oh my! Did you get to gosh. pick that one yourself? Saint Maximilian. Yes, I did. I can't remember what Maximilian <laughs> did, but I was like, "That's a badass name." It's so badass. Yeah. Who cares what he did? DJ stands for Donald James, and I'm also I have a middle name named after my my grandpa Frank, so I'm Donald James Frank Maximilian Demers. That's my name. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was Saint Cecilia, and again, I don't remember why I picked her. She had something that fit my vibe, but I forget. Cecilia? Oh, that's a nice one. I'm sure it had to do with music, knowing me. It was something musical. We didn't do saints. We just had JC. (laughs) Just all Jesus Christ? (laughs) Yeah, JC, God, Holy Spirit, Holy, you know, the Trinity, that that was big. Catholicism Mm -hmm. apart. But we didn't do saints. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's probably why I didn't do a confirmation name. But we had to do the whole thing where we got up there and like answered questions yes. and took communion for the first time. And it's a lot of pressure. And then like our confirmation was in eighth grade, which was also mm-hmm. graduation. And it was literally I got confirmed. I took communion for the first time. And then it was like I never went to church again. Because mm-hmm. then I went to high, a public high school and I was like, I don't believe in that yeah at all so i was the exact same way and thank goodness my parents gave me the option and were like if you don't want to go you don't want to go like you're at the age now where we're not going to force you i was like thank you thank you when i got confirmed the priest was adamant this isn't just a formality like this is you like reaffirming your commitment to god and he was really going on about it and i I remember feeling this yearning to like i was like everybody's talking about feeling close to god i want to feel close to god so i wanted to start going to church and my parents weren't even going to church at that time so they had just split up too so i was like mom let's go to a couple churches see what fits and we went to a couple together and the second one we went to i was like i want to go here and i want to be an altar boy that that's how i think i'll get close to god (laughs) and my mom was like no (laughs) no no you're not gonna be an altar boy and looking back i'm like thank you mom yeah thank you so much (laughs) yeah she had some intel right yeah she well i mean the intel is the, the news mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the intel is uh, common uh, knowledge what yeah. we know <laughs> from the news we i got lucky too where my mom was like yeah you're not going to school there anymore because we had to since it was a lutheran school yeah. we had to do like sermon reports and all this shit we had to go to church once a week mm-hmm. so when that was sermon over, report you had to like write about what the sermon was about so we couldn't lie and be like we were at church Oh my so we God. had to like fill out this form and be like, what did he, what did the pastor say about this? And it's like, I don't know. My well, mom was cool as shit though. Sometimes she would be like, you want to sleep in? I'd be like, yeah. She'd be like, I'll write your sermon report for oh, you. Pam, you dreamboat. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good mom. She really had my back. <laughs> Anyways. I love it. We, we also don't say seventh grade, eighth grade, Canada, oh. grade seven, grade eight, grade nine. Ah. That's another change I had to make in my mind. We everybody says college here in America, even if you went to like a prestigious one. Canada, you go to college or university, and university has a bit more like esteem. Yeah. Okay. But you don't, there's no differentiation here. Like, even right. if you go to like Harvard, you still say, I went to college. Yeah. In Canada, like, if you go to university and somebody's like, Do you go to college? You're like, No, I didn't go uh, to college. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm a university graduate. I went to university. Yeah. No, Americans' way of doing that, which university just sounds better. We'll just be like, um, yeah, Ivy League. <laughs> it always just goes into Ivy League, yeah. which sounds so pretentious. Yeah. But- I think it's sort of like community college. Because yeah. they're not universities, they're yeah. community colleges. Mm. Right. But yeah, I went to a university and I say college. I never say university. Mm-hmm. I guess I technically did too, Illinois State University, but I just would never be like, yeah, I attended university. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. <laughs> no. But um, What else? Do you have any other strange? Well, apparently that this article here, which is on thetravel.com, uh, Canada introduced the world to Coffee Crisp, which is a great chocolate bar. You know Coffee Crisp? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess they didn't introduce the whole world to Coffee <laughs> yeah. Crisp. Me and Ashley have not seen it. It is it's delicious. It's coffee in a chocolate bar, really. I mean, it's delicious. That sounds it's, good. It's, it's, yeah, it's I would one of that. I, I don't eat really chocolate bars that much anymore. If I were to eat a chocolate bar, I think Coffee Crisp might be my number one. Really? Oh, wow. yeah. Does it taste like? Have you ever had a chocolate covered espresso beans? Maybe. I, I think. wonder if it tastes like that. Because no, I love those. It might not be quite as rich. It's still like right. factory processed. Still like for yeah, the mainstream. But yeah, but it's like it's got like a crunchy layer at the bottom of it. Ooh, it's yeah. really thick. It's got like a good weight to it. You like yeah. you feel. You know, sometimes like I choose. Like I love score. But I'm not always picking it because I feel like I'm not getting bang for my buck. Like yeah. coffee crisp, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. this thing got weight to it. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I could hit a guy with this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. This could be a weapon. Yeah, you want your chocolate bar to be a weapon too. Yes. <laughs> to protect yourself when somebody's trying to steal your coffee crisp. Right. right. Oh, there's another one here. It's a picture on this site. It's called Hickory Sticks. You guys definitely haven't heard of Hickory Sticks. No. Mm-mm. So when I, I performed on cruise ships for a few years... Goddamn nightmare. And, oh, uh, I was going to ask how it was. Never mind. Oh, just the worst. But um, the first one I ever did, I had to have three different half-hour shows. And they recruited me from a, a comedy festival called Just for Laughs. And they said, they saw me do like an eight-minute set. And they were like, do you have three different half-hour shows? And I was maybe four years into stand-up, five years. I so had, you were like, I, I have 12 minutes. Yeah. I mean, realistically, <laughs> I probably had, let's say, 35 minutes. Maybe. Yeah. And they said, you have three different half hours, one of them being family friendly, two being adult. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I have all that. And then just they booked me for three months down the road and I went into panic mode, tried to write a bunch of shit. And then the first show I did on the cruise, I did this new joke I've never done before. I wasn't even performing in America that much yet. And here I am now performing for a bunch of cruise ship patrons in the middle of the high seas and my first my first joke was like man it's so hard to eat hickory sticks because there's no way to eat them without having like put them in your mouth and put your full hand in your mouth and it just you look like such a neanderthal and i finished it and like everyone's just staring at me and i'm like oh man that joke didn't work man i thought that joke was funny i'm saying all this in my head and then after like a five second break like somebody finally piped up in the audience they were like What's a hickory stick? Oh, my God. So I was like, oh, you guys just don't know. But it's, oh, uh, you guys just it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a bad joke, but uh, that wasn't <laughs> why there was no laughter. But yeah, hickory sticks are like little, they're like lo- elongated sticks that taste like hickory. They're huh. not chips. They're like, they, they're like matchsticks. Oh, oh, so like, uh, have you ever had the potato sticks? No. We have something that's yes. like uh, little sticks of. It tastes like a Lay's potato chip. Like mm-hmm. the, there's really not much different, but like they're like stick. little matchstick size things. So I bet it's like the same shape. Pretty only. similar, I'd imagine. Hickory. Yes. Hickory. Oh, another thing is <laughs> your Smarties 
like the the treats, the little yeah. circular treats that come in like the long cylinder thing. Yeah. We call those rockets back home. Rockets? That's a brand name of them. And Smarties are like a chocolate treat in Canada. Oh, wow. I was going to say, I didn't know what Smarties were. I always called them sweet tarts. I didn't know that sweet tarts oh. was a brand. Right. It was just but every single like time thing. I saw that, it was a sweet tart. That makes sense. And then someone called him a smarty and I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. Rockets is a much cooler name, I will say. Than Smarties? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I wonder if they just did Smarties because we also had Dum Dums. Oh, yeah. And they were like, well, we have to balance. (laughs) No, I think I just made that up in my head. I like it, though. Let's believe it. (laughs) Okay. Today, I have the pleasure of covering UFOs, my all-time favorite. Subject. Do you believe in aliens? You don't believe in ghosts. Do you believe in aliens? I shouldn't say I don't believe in ghosts. I've never encountered them, but I'm right. open to the possibility. I'm not like, no, ghosts don't exist. Aliens, I'm, I'm kind of in the same realm. I, yeah, I believe ghosts and aliens could exist, but yeah. I've seen no evidence. You just of don't either. have yeah. a horse in that race. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. I would say I believe equally in ghosts and aliens. They both are like, why wouldn't they exist? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a good place to be. Yeah, I think that's healthy. healthy. Skepticism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're both, both of them, I want to believe a little bit so they're not pissed off when they do eventually come yes. for me. They're like, you yeah. were kind of a believer. <laughs> yeah. We'll take it easy on you. Yeah. <laughs> you were pass. kind of a jerk about it. Uh, <laughs> so we are going to incinerate you in your wedding gown. So <laughs> according to the CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Shout for anyone who doesn't CBC. know, CBC, basically Canada's BBC. Mm-hmm. says that Canadians report seeing UFOs in the sky at a rate of three times a day, mm. which is crazy seeing as what I said earlier, there are more people living in the state of California than in the country of Canada. Right. So three UFOs a day is pretty... Um, That's wild. But a lot of the people, I feel like the fact that Canada is so isolated probably, because a lot of UFO yeah. sightings happen in like isolated areas. True. So that might explain yeah. it. Too. Well, and areas where there's not a lot of light pollution. So you yeah. can actually see into oh, the, the sky. Nature. Yeah. 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 But the case I'm covering today is known um, as one of the most well-documented UFO encounters ever in terms of physical evidence at the scene. It's known as the Falcon Lake incident. Have you ever been to Falcon Lake? Where's that? Manitoba. No, never heard of that. And that is all I know about the location. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Falcon Lake. <laughs> we still have a lot to learn about the geography yep. of Canada. Just learned about where Man- Winnipeg was, yep. literally. Today. And Nova Scotia. Like, I knew it was oh, yeah. a can- Canadian thing, but right. I didn't know that it was, like, hovering outside of Maine. Right. right there. Like, it's it's real close to us. I was almost in Nova Scotia. Nova, Nova Scotia. <laughs> Nova Scotia. Beautiful out there. Nova Scotia. It's like Maine, the same kind of, yeah. This took place in 1967 in the Falcon Lake Woods in Manitoba. And this happened to an industrial mechanic and amateur geologist named Stephen Mikalek. And as for that pronunciation, I found at least four different ways to pronounce his name. And I went with the way Robert Stack pronounced it on Unsolved Mysteries. I felt like that was a safe bet. Yeah. Good person to trust. (laughs) I was like, do I trust this random guy on YouTube or do I go with Robert Stack? Stack. And, uh, by the way, season five, episode eight, they cover this, this case. And the guy, the um, the mechanic, is on the episode. So Ooh. you can see him talk about it himself, which is very cool. Uh, he was 51 years old at the time. And at least once a year, he liked to venture out into the area around Falcon Lake to look for quartz and silver. He had a very successful 
trip the year before. So in May of 1967, he decided to go out and get some more quartz and silver. And on May 20th, he was working on a vein of quartz, which apparently is what that's called. Mm -hmm. When all of a sudden he was scared half to death by a gaggle of nearby geese that erupted into loud honking. And when he looked up, he saw two cigar-shaped objects with a reddish glow hovering about 150 feet away, or for Canadians, about 45 meters. <laughs> I looked up the conversion. We say feet. We You're say welcome. feet. Do you say Do feet? You? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We say meters. inches, too. We say, we got a lot of that American influence, yeah. but we yeah. don't say Fahrenheit. You guys are alone in that. Yeah, we really are, are alone in that. We're the only ones. Do you say miles or kilometers? Kilometers. Yeah. But right, we right. know, like, we know what miles are. Yeah. But, like, Fahrenheit is, like, a thing we don't even bother. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. guys are kind of a mutt, then. You use Yeah, you're both. a blend yeah. of a lot of countries. I like it. Like, I think there might have been a change when we officially went over to the metric system because older people like my dad would say miles and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it would. But growing up, it was only kilometers for me. Really? Yeah. All right. I feel like if I went back to my hometown in Walnut Hill, Illinois, and I said kilometers, they'd be like, what? Yeah. Like I'd they wouldn't even know <laughs> what I was talking about. You're speaking a different language. <laughs> the weirdest one is in Britain where they use stones to weigh people. Yeah. Like, where yeah that fun? always throws me off. Yeah. This guy weighs 12 stones. You're like, what? what? Is this a caveman? Type? Like, why are we weighing in stone? Because stone is 10 pounds, right? Beats the hell out of me. I was going to say, you know remember. better than me. I have no yeah. clue. So one of these cigar-shaped objects came down okay. and landed. And the other one hovered in the sky for like a minute and then zipped away. And he said when it landed... It was now a disc shape, but he can't, it happened to him so quickly that he doesn't know if it morphed from one shape into another or if it looked like it was one shape and then as it landed, he realized it was a disc. But he said yeah. for sure he thought it was two cigar shaped crafts and then one came down and landed and all of a sudden it was like sort of the traditional UFO disc with like a little hump on top. Okay. He did not think aliens. He wasn't like, these are aliens. He actually believed it was a secret united states military craft and he was like oh yeah like he was <laughs> pumped yeah. to see it so right. he sat down he like got out his whatever notepad whatever and he sketched the craft it took like 20 minutes he literally just sat there and like drew it but the craft never took back off no one ever came out of the craft so he was like i wonder if this person needs help i wonder if they they were grounded because they need help so he approached the craft. He said he saw an open door on the side with a bunch of bright lights inside, and he heard muffled voices coming from inside the craft as well. He said that at that point, he called out offering to help the Yankee boys if they needed it. He literally called Yankee that. He boys. thought they were Americans, and he was like, Yankee boys, do you need help? The voices went quiet when they heard his voice and did not answer. So Stephen tried to offer help in Polish, which was his native language. Russian and finally in German, getting no answer for any language. And it was at that point that he was like, I don't feel great. I actually might not be supposed to be seeing this. So I'm going to get out of here. So right before he walked away, he took another look into the craft and he said that the lights inside of this, whatever it was, were so bright. He ended up having to flip down his welding goggles like he wore his oh, welding dang. goggles to to chisel out the the stones and stuff right. but it has like the actual welding shield he had to put it down because it was so bright to look at wow he did not see any passengers he reached out to touch the craft and the fingertips of the glove he was wearing melted completely what? 
He said the closer he got to the craft, the hotter it got, like the air felt hotter, almost like humidity. He said it smelled like sulfur. And he just, at that point, was very weirded out, especially when the glove melted. And right. that wasn't just him saying that. They ended up going back um, after, and they found the glove. So, like, it actually did melt on something. Yeah, that would scare the shit out of anyone. If the glove yeah. just instantly melts when you touch it, yeah. I'm out. Like, the fingertips melted off. And at that point, he was like, okay, fuck me, bye, I'm out yeah. for sure. He started walking away. And when he started walking away, apparently the craft started moving counterclockwise. And Stephen noticed a panel on the craft that contained a grid of holes and it was like pointing towards him. And he said at that moment, a gust of air or gas or something came out of the craft and hit him in the chest and it hit him and pushed him back and set his shirt and his hat on fire. Whoa. So he rolled on the ground. He took off his hat and literally ripped his shirt off. He was on fire. He stopped, dropped and rolled. And then he just took off running. He's running through the woods. And at that point, he's so disoriented. He's nauseous. He had to stop to vomit several times. He eventually made his way back to his motel room in Falcon Lake and immediately caught a bus back to Winnipeg and went to the hospital. He was treated for burns on his chest and stomach that later turned into raised sores on a grid-like pattern, just like the one he described on the craft. And for weeks afterwards, he suffered from diarrhea, headaches, blackouts, and weight loss. So for anyone who knows about radiation poisoning, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what he was going through. So I'll tell you what happened next. But first, I have to tell you, Stephen's son, Stan, wrote a book called When They Appeared, which is the inside story of Stephen's encounter. But the title actually refers to the endless hordes of people who came after his family after his dad had this experience so the mounties the air force uh the american air force the media various other government agencies interested members of the public all descended on the family small home in winnipeg for years he said there were endless visitors phone calls no matter how many times they changed their numbers stalkers people who would follow Stan, the kid, to school who was 10 at the time and corner him to ask him questions, like My media God. people following him to school. And Stan said the incident flipped their lives over and it took several years before it even started to die down. Jeez. So Whoa. that's what the book is about, which is more fascinating to me, I think, than yeah. the actual story. because it became such a spectacle. And yeah. They were harassed. Yeah. Until Stephen's death in 1999, at the age of 83, he said that he shouldn't have ever said anything to anyone, but he felt at the time that it was his duty mostly to tell people to avoid these things if they saw one to prevent people from getting hurt like he did. Yeah. It should also be noted that in Poland, before he brought his family over to Canada, he was a military policeman, so reporting events was like kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. He never, ever, not once said they were aliens. He repeated his story a billion times. He would always tell it in insane detail, but never said it was extraterrestrials because, as he put it, there was no evidence to prove that it was extraterrestrial. Yeah. So I have pictures for you guys of his chest and his burnt shirt. Oh, my God. In the hospital. And Whoa. that was his shirt that they found. That is definitely a grid-like pattern on <laughs> yeah. his stomach. My goodness. Oh, my gosh. I did not think it was going to be that exact. Yeah. It's like in a perfect straight grid. <gasps> Whoa. So, so what could unsettling. have done that? That's insane. Yeah. That's wild. 
It started when the Winnipeg Tribune wrote a story about Stephen being burned by a UFO, which technically that's what it was. It was yeah. it's an unidentified flying yeah, object. He didn't know what it was. And then that's when the shit hit the fan. The case was investigated intensely by several levels of government, including the United States Air Force. Items were retrieved from the encounter site, including his melted glove, burned shirt, and some tools that were subjected to in- extensive analysis at various crime labs. No one ever was able to determine what caused the burns on him. At the landing site, there was a circle about 15 feet in diameter, completely devoid of moss and vegetation that covered the rest of the area, which is where he claims the craft was. Soil samples, along with the clothing, were tested and were deemed to be highly radioactive, which would explain his nausea, vomiting, blackouts, etc. There were also pieces of metal that had melted into the cracks in a rock nearby that tested positive for high levels of radiation. And there's a piece that Stan, his son, still has today that remains radioactive. Whoa. This is um, the craft that he... Uh, sort of the sketch that he made and then the bottom picture is a piece of metal that literally melted into a crack of a rock in the area and i love this picture because to give you reference for the size of the metal they have a toonie a two dollar coin beside is it. that what it is yeah that's a very canadian picture if i've yes. ever seen one <laughs> that canadian mm-hmm. money so, i literally was like i don't know mexican dollar i don't right. know <laughs> <No clue. laughs> okay wow so that's the shape he said it turned into after the cigar yeah. shape. Yeah. Wow. And he, like he said, he was like, I, I can't tell you if it morphed into that shape or if right. in the sky it looks like a cigar. And then as it came down, I realized it was not a cigar shape. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't the American government just, they're releasing a bunch of stuff now pretty much saying that they exist, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, UFOs they are finally everywhere admitted all the time. <laughs> that, like, we see them every day. We yep. don't know what they are. Yeah. But even the American government is like, but we don't know they're aliens. It's like, well, what's the other option? Yeah. Because well, what the hell is it? If we don't know what they are and we know that it's not our country or any other Should known we country, we know we don't have this technology. What is the other option if mm-hmm. it's not extraterrestrial? Yeah, yeah. That freaks me out. The other option is that it's us in the future, which also not a huge fan of. Nope. I don't want to see that. I'm not ready. <laughs> Us in the future. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, kind of like breaking thing. some sort of like time continuum. And yeah, or like back. coming back and just like checking, making sure things go according to plan or making sure that we don't blow shit up. Like maybe this is a very tumultuous time. The biggest theory and the one that I uh, attest to is that like, for example, when Roswell happened and when there was a huge boom of UFO activity in the 40s and 50s, Two weeks after Roswell happened, the CIA was formed. A week after Roswell happened, secretly, the NSA was formed. And the the boom in technology since Roswell is absolutely insane. Yeah. It does absolutely seem like we got some sort of intel from somewhere. Right. But also, if you think about it, World War II, I mean, we were dropping A-bombs. Mm-hmm. So say they are multidimensional creatures, say that they just live on a different plane, like not Mars, not like outer, outer space. Say they live here. They're just on a different plane. We have no idea what kind of damage we could have caused to them. Yeah. We could have set off those bombs in Japan and literally killed billions of them. And now they're here making sure we don't set off any more bombs. Yeah. Maybe they're just watching over us. Like, don't. Go off the timeline. Keep everything safe. Yeah. 
It's like an episode of Loki. I was just thinking that. They're trying to get rid of the variants. <laughs> that brings a sense of calm to my heart. You yeah. Because I don't trust the current leaders we have in this time yeah. and on this plane. So if we got people come from, coming from another time and plane Making to look sure after. Making sure that they're... I, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I kind of feel I trust them more. They obviously give a shit about right. the planet, universe, it what seems have like you? It. Maybe, maybe they're just joyriding. I mean, you know. Also, who knows? Yeah. Like, oh my god, this UFO is crazy! <laughs> <laughs> we gotta take this thing for a ride. <laughs> You're next. Mate. It's just a bunch of teenagers. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Stephen was still sick the following year. He suffered from blackouts. Also, the burns would flare back up, like randomly, like they would heal and what? then they would flare back up. Doctors did a thorough investigation. Uh, investigation. <laughs> Doctors. <laughs> exam probably <laughs> and sent him to a psychiatrist to see if there's any way the injuries could be psychosomatic but the psychiatrist report came back saying this was a very pragmatic man very down to earth not the type of person who would make up stories and there was nothing wrong with him psychologically that they could find so i've already ordered my copy of when they appeared i was gonna say uh, <laughs> I really want to read the <laughs> yeah. book now they have it on amazon oh good um, and uh that was not an ad for Amazon. We do not support Jeff Bezos here. But everyone get a copy also, of the book. Go to space and stay there. Yeah. 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 Stay up there. Yeah. So the book is account of what his father says happens and what he experienced himself. For example, he says he can still vividly remember when his dad came home sick that day. He remembers seeing him in bed looking pale and really sick. And he remembers being very scared because his dad was obviously injured. But no one could tell him or his mom anything about what happened. And people were immediately calling his dad crazy. Yeah. And he was just like terrified. He also remembers the smell in the bedroom. He described it as incredibly stinky, smelling of sulfur and burnt motor, and he said that it was coming out of his dad's pores and you could smell it so strongly on him for weeks afterwards. Oof. So whatever happened to him, like what a, whatever happened to him, it wasn't something happened. Yes. Whether it was ET, I don't right. know, but something happened to him, something physically burned him, left radioactive goop all yeah. over everything like, none of this is normal this is yeah. not an everyday happening i don't know why people were not <laughs> more up in arms yeah the family endured condemnation and criticism in the public they called stephen crazy like i said stan was bullied in school uh it was a nightmare but stephen never backed away from his story he never like i said claimed to have seen aliens and until he died he still considered it a secret military craft um this was his belief and the official conclusion from all of the authorities and agencies that investigated this case is that the event is unexplained. Just leaving it at that mystery. Yeah, we don't know. All right. Mm. Oh, my gosh. But that is wild and woolly, I yeah. tell you. Wild and woolly. <laughs> That's quite a story. I know. But that is all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. First and foremost, a huge thank you to our guest today, DJ. Thank you. So Thank much you for having me for coming and, on the uh, show. This was this was good. I don't often explore extraterrestrial or weird things like this, so I feel like I might go down a bit of a rabbit hole now and explore a bit more. Open open up my perception to some new realities. There you maybe. Go. I'll send you open some of mind. our favorite episodes so you can listen and and hear some crazy stories. I'd love to. Yeah. yeah, I will say I could see that your wheels were turning during this episode while we were talking, and that I can tell you already do have an open mind. Like you were actually listening, whereas like there's definitely been people listening to me and Ashley's stories kind of rolling their eyes. So we appreciate you. Of course, yeah. I, I love this shit. I mean, I'd love to see a ghost. 
one that doesn't hurt me. For sure. sure. Preferably, but I'd, preferably. I'd love to. I'm like yeah. Mulder. I want to believe. Yeah. Yes. I want to believe. Yeah. yeah. That's what we always say. Thanks for but having me. But will you dedicate your life to it? <laughs> if I saw and one. And ruin your career. <laughs> right. <laughs> for it. I would change the trajectory of my yes. career. That's for sure. Yeah. Listeners, you can find both of DJ's comedy albums, Indistinct Chatter and Uninterpreted, on Spotify. You can watch DJ's stand-up and his Conan and AGT appearances on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash DJ Demers. You can listen to either of his podcasts, Definitely DJ or Alex and DJ Watch a Doc, on iTunes or Spotify. And you should definitely follow him on Instagram at DJ Demers, D-E-M-E-R-S. Did I miss anything? No, that was beautiful. Thank it you. It really was. Yes, Ashley. Really nailing this whole having a guest back thing. Feeling good about it. <laughs> yes, thanks for being our first guest back. Yes. Perfect. And thank you guys as well, um, as always, for listening to our show. Make sure you tune in next week for some Canadian true crime stories. They're not all super nice up there. Mm-mm. Got some bad meanies. guys. And the following week, we'll be scaring you with some listener ghost stories. Follow us on Instagram as well at Keep It Weirdcast to stay up to date with everything we're up to. For those of you who are all caught up and having to re-listen to older episodes, we have many options for you to get new content. You can check out our YouTube at youtube.com slash keepitweirdpodcast for hundreds of strange news stories and some spooky paranormal videos. You can also get bonus episodes by donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. Pretty sure we have close to 50 episodes available there for just $5 or $10, and you can donate once or monthly to continue to have access to those. You'll also get a newsletter on the last day of every month and some discount codes for merch. And you can head to our Etsy store at etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast and grab yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, tank top, blanket, or a pair of the most comfortable sweatpants in the world and rep your favorite show everywhere you go. DJ, is there a popular Canadian farewell? Uh, take off, you hoser. <laughs> what? Excuse me? What? <laughs> Is that real? That's a classic thing from uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie, two Canadian icons in the early 80s. One of them was Rick Moranis. They're fictional characters. Uh, Strange Brew, a classic Canadian yes. comedy movie. Uh, yeah, they would say take off hosers. Take, take off, off hosers? Hoser, which is like a derogatory term, but kind of friendly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah take off, you hoser. Yeah, see, see you later, douchebag. Right. Take <laughs> off, you hoser. <laughs> and uh, keep it weird, keep eh? Keep it weird, eh? But yeah. it's kind of ironic to have, like, you know, a half deaf dude being the sound engineer on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I'm like, I think it sounds I okay. <laughs> you guys pretty good. I mean, it sounds good to me. Yeah. So, and no one's complained about yeah. it. Um, that's really funny.